Retrobella here, reminding you about the Tom of Finland movie coming to Edwards Bakersfield 14 on Saturday, May 12th at 7.30pm in Bakersfield, California. The artist Tom of Finland shaped the fantasies, art, and fashion of a new generation of gay men. Tom's story is one of love, courage, and perseverance that stretches from World War II to his struggles in California. Tickets are pre-order only via Gaff Films and will not be sold at the box office. This film is not rated and those under 18 will not be admitted. Hope to see you there. A little dab will do. And you'll feel it a few hours later, too. Warning for underage listeners, this is an adult-oriented podcast. There will be frequent references to kink, sex, crude language, and various other grotesqueries. If you're under 18 and looking for answers and upfront advice about sex, please visit scarletteen.com. Also, for the dude bro listeners out there, this is nerdy shit. Go away. Welcome to the Gotham Press Podcast. This is a verbal orgy about anything like the Grafenberg spot. The difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. The finer points of throwing a pair of floggers and just what the hell we find to talk about. That said, if you have a desire to learn these and many more kinktastic nergasms, stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. This is awesome, and Gotham Press is recording once again. Tonight we have that guy, my co-host, I guess. Greedy. I've been degraded to co-host. I don't know if it's degraded so much as... Demoted? It's, it will be an improvement for you, though. Just just cut my balls off right now, why don't you? I mean, emasculated. Maybe that's it. You still have balls? Surprisingly, yes. My mistress has allowed me to keep them. But, hey, Greedy, we got a guest. Dude, where'd you come from? Well, the standard answer would be my mother's vagina. Now I'm thinking about your mother's vagina. Huh. No, Greedy. Is it wrong? Not not everybody by his mother's vagina. (laughs) Greedy, not everybody has an older woman fetish like you. No, no, not everybody does. It's a shame. Anyway, welcome to the Gotham Press and Greedy. Who are you, good sir? I'm Rob Redland. Rob Redland. We're happy to have you. So, Rob, what brings you to our humble abode? Just decided to come in and join the podcast and have a little fun with you guys. Thank you for coming. As Ree is trying to find the next thing to say. No, 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 no. I was uh, resetting my counter. Res- God damn it, Ree. <laughs> Fuck you. Last episode, the count was 38. They have no idea what the count's for. You nope. Know. Maybe somebody will pick it up over time. Fuck. I'm not going to let anyone know, just you. Fuck you, Greedy. Mm-hmm. That's at least two <laughs> fuck yous in the last 30 seconds. That's not yeah, the counter. That's for. not the counter. <laughs> I'll keep count of that one. Oh, Maybe God, that could be I a new fetish. <laughs> I hope not. I'm cutting that out. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, be a sport. No, I won't. Our listeners will love it. No. No, not at all. At least leave in the part from I'm cutting it out till this point right now. Anyway... <laughs> We will see. All right. So, I put out there on the Gotham Press uh, group on FedLife for questions for this episode. Basically, uh, ask and we shall answer. And we did get some questions. We did. They all came from our most repeated guests, I guess. Most repeated, most revered, most honored. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's all the same guy. Yeah. Shock Doc. Shock Doc, you're freaking awesome. That you are. That you are. First question. Uh, what happens at a munch? 
Greedy, what happens at munch? We munch. On? Food. And oh. sometimes other people. Okay, there we go. No, what? a munch is a, a uh, rather vanilla get-together where people from the community get together, ergo get-together, and have dinner or lunch or whatever it is in your, your specific area. Uh, in our case, we get together at a local restaurant. Um, it's all in vanilla clothing. It's all relatively quiet. We get uh, we reserve a, uh, private, a private room. room, and we have we have dinner. We have discussion. We talk about events and business going on in our community and the surrounding communities. It's a way for everyone to get informed on what's happening in our areas and truly understand how big and how well connected our group is to our sister groups and those in the outlying areas. Good enough. So, Rob, how long have you been in this whole lifestyle? I don't know, going back. Um, it'll be like May, maybe June, when I first came to this group. Going back, when my wife and I, my wife Jennifer and I started to play, I'm getting, look, thinking five-ish years at this point. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and you just... You hear things, you read a book, whatever, you go, oh, let's try this out, let's try this out. And then, um, you know, speaking of munches, we really thought, no way in hell there's anything in Bakersfield. <laughs> Only to find out, holy shit, there's a things lot. going on here. <laughs> and like I said, it, like, May, June will be our first time. And I remember the, the remember going to the first munch, like it was yesterday. In fact, because Captain Awesome and I sat there, and he was the first we talked. So that and, would have been three years ago then. No, two. It'll be two in, in basically summer. Two? It just feels like I've been around here for three years. Well, no, because I've only been here for three years. Well, yeah. This yeah. April will be three years for me, right? You had been here a while before Rob showed up. Yeah. Oh, okay. But so for me, a munch is a place you go and you think you're going to see this crazy kink circus, but it turns out it's just regular people. Yeah, I was I was horribly disappointed when there wasn't an orgy going on at my first munch. <laughs> uh, real quick, Rob, you said you learned from a book. Tell me that book was not Fifty Shades of Grey. And no, I would love to tell you that it wasn't. Oh no! But I have to say, especially with the movies coming out, it wasn't taken as the Bible, but at least it's the gateway to get people interested with something more mainstream to find out things like that, and then. Going back through my history, I think of, you know, people joke around, ooh, whips and chains, kinky. But I never knew anyone who actually did anything like that. It was mm -hmm. always just some joke that... Well, you didn't know they did it. <laughs> I, well, I, would be, I would be willing to bet that you actually do know people that did, but uh, they, they never let on to anybody else because they were too mortified that they would be looked at as freaks. You know, and looking back at now, exactly. But, yeah, there was absolutely nobody I knew that did that would at least admit or talk about anything like that. So it was one of those things that for the longest time you sit there and say, you know, well, haha, you know, funny, but like nobody does that, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe if you're watching porn, you might see something and go, well, that's, yeah, but that's just porn. That doesn't really happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Then as you know, things evolve and you get into lifestyle and you find out, well, no, that's, you know, a lot more people do that than you, what you realize. Yeah. And that actually kind of leads into the second question, which was, how likely am I to be outed at an event in public? That really depends, in my opinion, on the group that you're with. Um, if, they're, if they're a group that is well-versed with kink and with uh, 
lifestyle in general, then your odds of getting outed with that group are far less than if you, say, go out with a couple of random friends that you just told, hey, I'm a kinky fucker. So if you go to if you go to a uh, go to a munch go to um, any sort of uh, uh, meet and greet you're probably not going to be outed. Uh, there may be some conversation, uh, sexually involved or um, adult content, but in general it's not going to be anything that a random group of adults might not say anyway. Is that your experience, Rob? I mean, at this point, yeah, it's. And like I said, we've gone to a number of the Wednesday vanilla meets as well as munches and things. And, you know, again, if you're looking for something, you know, kinky circus-wise, you're going to be disappointed. It's, you know, we've sat down and had talks about anime. We've had talks about other TV shows or movies. And, and yes, while you're with a group of people that you know are, are kinky, but it doesn't necessarily play out like that. And once again, it's like, how do you out somebody without outing yourself? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, unless unless you're out there and everybody knows, you know, and you're mentioning it's, you know, I think it, your chances of being outed are, are pretty small. I, I love that argument. Oh, no, they, they might out me. No, no, if, if they do, then they're by proxy admitting that they were on that website, too. Exactly. Uh, how did you know that he was there? How, did, you, did you find Rob Redlands? Yeah, his picture's right here. How did you get on that website? You have to create a profile. Uh, It's one of those things that my wife, Jennifer, and I, every once in a while we'll go to Vegas, we'll go to a strip club or something, and we were nervous, you know, what if we run into somebody we know from work? But then the same situation came up and go, well, what are they going to say? Exactly. They're there at the strip club too, so. Mm -hmm. That actually reminds me of a story that Greedy told long ago on the podcast about going down to an event in L.A. with his mistress. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, there was... I don't know. Should, should we... Did I did I say it over the podcast? I before? believe you did. Okay. You didn't well, use any names. I'm not going to use names, no. Um, I, I went to an event at a club down in the L.A. area. My mistress and I were there together, and this was a women-led, a dominant woman's event. It was a high-protocol event, right? Very... It was... It was medium high protocol. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't absolute high, but in the end, it was <laughs> medium yeah. high, but not absolute high. Well, yeah. okay, it, it wasn't it wasn't um, every man must kneel to every woman. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't to that extreme, but it was high protocol in the sense that men were not allowed to have control. We were at this event, and I see this guy, and I'm I'm not frequently down in Los Angeles, you know. I'm I'm a Bakersfield native and I, I I know people in Bakersfield. I don't know anybody in Los Angeles. So to go there and suddenly see somebody that I recognize, how do I know this person? <laughs> I see I see him walking around and his face is strikingly familiar. We will for for this story's sake call him Tom. Okay. It's not his real name, but we're going to call him Tom. So I see him walking around, and at this point in the evening, he's down to his skivvies, and it's it's uh, more or less a jockstrap. So it's bare ass, you know, he's, he's flapping in the wind. You can see his sack kind of poking out from down below, and he's got a collar and being led around on a leash, and I just can't push it out of my mind that I know this guy. I hear him talk, 
I, I heard two words out of his mouth, and that was all it took. I immediately recognized him as a member of the pastoral board at my parents' church. And I was, I was horrified. And I told my mistress, I know that guy. I know that guy. He's, he's, oh my God, I can't, I can't be here. She calmed me down with, with the exact same, or exact same discussion we just had. If he's here, he's not going to out you either. Well, long story short, I saw him, he saw me, our eyes, our eyes connected, and he got this horrified look that he knew somebody there. About 20 minutes later, I was walking past him, and I say to him, again, using a pseudonym, nice to see you, Tom, and I kept walking. I went over to the bar, I got myself a drink, and as I'm walking back to my mistress, again, passing him, I had, the, I had what I can only describe as the biggest shit-eater grin I could possibly have. <laughs> and he has turned completely white. I mean, pale as a ghost. Now he knows that I know who he is, I recognize him, I know where he works, I know everything about his life, and I know that the woman he is with is not his wife. And he had just given a nice talk about infidelity two weeks before. So, yeah, it, it, it's going back to the, uh, the point at hand. If you see somebody in this lifestyle, they're not going to out you. They're not going to out you for the sake of not outing themselves. Yeah, they don't want to be outed either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if, if he had said something about it, if I had said something about it, we would have by proxy outed ourselves to our friends, our family, and the entire church, and uh, both of us would have wound up being shunned away from it all. Shun the non-believer. Shun. 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 <laughs> all right. So let's go over to the next question. I love that cartoon series. <clears throat> yeah. It's great. Let's see, where were we? Ah, how come I need to go to public events? Why can't I just go to a party, damn it? Because people creep in without being announced. Greedy, I don't think you were answering the question. I think you were talking about something completely different there. Probably, probably. So why, why, can't, why can't somebody come to a, uh, a private party first? Why do they have to come to a public event? Well, certainly we just talked about outing people. You need to get, before you let them in, kind of in your secure area, you need to vet them and... You know, kind of check them out, and you don't want to let predators in or anyone who's going to be creepy. And you know, you want to at least see what they look, see how they act, and see what they do. You know, a couple times before you start to trust them and break them in their kind of an inner circle. Right? You want to have that conversation of you're you're okay with all of this, right? You're not mm-hmm. like going home screaming, "Oh my god! Oh my god! They do such horrible things!" Well, there was there was a, a wonderful example. One of the events that we have uh, weekly in Bakersfield is Wicked Wednesday. One time, a guy brought a girl that he fancied to Wicked. Didn't tell her what it was. Just brought her. She found out what it was. I mean, the, the discussions were, you know, somewhat, somewhat adult. And she was very quickly becoming uncomfortable with the whole situation. Then she, you know, heard somebody else talk about it and asked one of the other people at the event, What is this group? A couple of people gave the guy that brought her a look of what the fuck are you thinking. The person that answered didn't know that, you know, wasn't wasn't okay to, you know, just randomly blab stuff and told her, Oh, this is this is the kink group. She left. And um 
the guy that brought her never talked to her again. Well, she never talked to him again. So it's good protocol to tell your guest what you're bringing them to. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's... Well, Cool. one of the rules in the lifestyle, don't scare the vanillas. So, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> you know, when you bring out and you got to bring somebody, you got to just clue them in, you know, and really do your own vetting first to find yeah. out if they're going to be okay. And that, that actually brings up another point. With our group, it, it's not necessarily like this with uh, other groups. Uh, down in Los Angeles, there's uh, public play spaces. So they'll let anybody in with the sign of a waiver. With our group, it is a private play space. So the only way you're possibly getting in is by going to these vanilla functions first, meeting the group, like Awesome said, proving that you're not a creeper, and then getting an invite. You got to do it. Do not be afraid to talk to people when you go to these vanilla events. That's how you get invited to things. And don't show up with five minutes left in the event and say, hey, I'm here. Where's the party? Because that's not going to happen either. Yeah. I've I've seen people do that. It's not not a good look. Mm -hmm. That's a look of, what do we call it? Desperation. Mm, please, please, please. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Suck my cock. <laughs> you know, and there's kind of a funny story I know I shared recently, but um, we went to a, my wife and I went to a Wicked Wednesday and we showed up a little bit early and there was another car of people who pulled up next to us. And I, I don't know who they were, but I recognized them as part of the group. But my wife and I looked extremely vanilla i usually wear a shirt and tie to work and i didn't see a reason to change and my wife dresses usually nicely for work and she didn't change either so we're we're looking relatively uh suburban Mm. and we walk and i say hello to the people and they're like hello and we walk over to the area and they're like you guys know this is reserved and we're like yeah and Mm. they're like for the bakersfield group like yeah and they're like for the name I don't know if we mentioned the name of the group, but... Uh, the, the computer group. Uh, so yeah, so like for the Bakersfield computer group, my wife and I are like, yeah, we're in the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't... We looked too vanilla to be there. <laughs> it's surprising for Bakersfield that anybody looks too vanilla to be there. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. When you're going to an event, especially a public event, there's no such thing as looking too vanilla. You want to you wanna blend in. Compared to my days where sometimes I look Walmart fabulous, but, you know, <laughs> which at Walmart, I blend right in. But, you know, on, on these nights, no, I was, you know, just look like a business, whatever kind of guy showing up to the place and apparently didn't look like we belonged. <laughs> well, you can never be too sure, you know. Uh, this is true. Because there, there have been those times where randoms, uh, vanillas from a table away lean over so what exactly are you guys oh i remember that happening at our uh, previous uh wednesday spot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I always enjoy messing with those ones uh, we're, we're the society for humane animal slaughter <laughs> or you know just just some some random bullshit that they're never gonna believe and if they do believe it it's all the better uh you know we we, we uh we're, we're people that go around washing people's cars and then leaving uh, t- parking tickets on them, just to see, just to see a laugh. I would love it if at some point somebody asked, we gave them the true answer, and then like half the day was like, finally, my people. <laughs> that Sad, be fun. Sadly, that's probably not going to be the case, but no. it would be amazing if it did. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the other half of the table would absolutely look look shocked because they didn't they didn't know what was going to happen. They weren't in on it. And then suddenly they feel like they've been outed. The other half rejoicing, yay, yay! <laughs> half the group runs away. Oh my god, freaks! As they go home to stroke their own toys, like. Don't worry, nobody will ever know that I use you. I'm going home to condition my weather. <laughs> I love this group. It's it's great. Let's move on to the next question. What are good resources for purchasing my first kink toys? For what? For purchasing my first kink toys. Oh, oh, oh. You know, there's this wonderful new invention. It's called the internet. Yeah. Uh, good, good venues, good sources for purchasing kink toys. First off, I, w- I would... If you're, if you're just... Getting into it, I would encourage not purchasing a three or four hundred dollar flogger because you're probably not going to use it right. You're probably going to hurt somebody with it. That would be bad. That would be very bad. That's we do not said, hurt our toys. Don't break your toys. Well, yeah, we don't break our. To- I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry. One day you will come up with your own catchphrase and it'll be amazing. Fuck you, awesome. <laughs> you hey, know- have come up with it. <laughs> You know, technically I've been told that I stole that phrase from one of our other community members. Yeah, you did. I didn't do it intentionally. Well, no, 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 but it's still theft. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was saying, uh, don't, don't go out and drop several hundred dollars on something you don't know how to handle. My best practice for this is go to what we, we uh, mockingly refer to as the mom and pop uh, naughty shop. Uh, like Hustler, Hustler or uh, Deja Vu Love Boutique. Those are all around the U.S. Uh, just the, the kind of place that has a little back room that you have to be 18 or over to go into. Yes. They're probably going to have a small assortment, assortment of uh, sex toys that are going to include some kink toys. Also something, hmm. don't just go online and get whatever you see. Yeah. Go to the stores and check them out. If you can't handle it first, it's not a good idea to buy it. Right, because you want to know what, how does it feel? What's mm-hmm. the weight on? Can I actually lift this and swing this properly without like throwing my arm out of socket? Oh my god, I love how that cock ring looks online. You buy it, you get it, and find out Ron Jeremy's too small for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my experience with this, my wife started when I started playing, was that we did go to some of the places and like you're like, ooh, a flogger, and it was just made of rope. the The falls were just made of rope. And you're like, all right, and you get home and you're whipping and you find out that it there's no sting at all. Mm-hmm. It's just it really kind of more just for looks. Yeah. I mean it was it was a nice little gateway to say, ooh, we have a flogger, we're spanking, but wasn't but, really the fun that you that you envisioned. You know, initially, until you get to is that all there is? Because it's not stinging, there's no thud to it, there's no any of it, and you're like, all right, well, this kind of sucks. Then we do a little research, you know, and, mm-hmm. we, and you get into it. And yeah, you're right. You know, you, you can get into some heavy-duty toys, and you're like, holy shit. Well, a lot of the toys at the mom-and-pop naughty shops, they're... I, I, like, I like the way that sounds. Mom-and-pop naughty mom shop? Mom-and-pop naughty shop, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm going to make that famous. A lot of the toys <laughs> that are sold at the mom-and-pop naughty shops, they're, they're not intended to cause the sting. You know, it's, it's meant for the action. It's meant for the, the interaction between yourself and somebody else. And... That, that psychology there, that's what most people are looking for. Those of us that are truly masochists or truly sadists, we're going to figure out that, hey, this ain't doing shit for me. We're going to figure that out real quick. And at that point, then you want to you wanna delve, in, delve into the rabbit hole just a little bit further. 
you know, go go to say uh, down to Los Angeles. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump from us. Rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> go to a shop like uh, Pleasure Chest or Six Six Five or uh, uh, JT Stock Room. Yeah, those those type of shops that specialize in sex, in S and M, in leather. They're the ones that you're going to look at. You're going to get to handle the toys. You're going to get to throw them around just a little bit Uh, if it's insertable you're not going to get to try it that way but you're going to get a good idea of exactly what you're getting before you purchase it and again if you can't handle it don't buy it and insertables are not returnable that is true that is true insertables or uh hitachi magic wands those are not returnable uh lube is not returnable (laughs) anything that you can get your um juices on is usually not returnable yes yes which Begs the question, how many things at a sex shop can you not get your juices on? You know, amazingly, there's quite a few. They have lots of books, educational things. They have they have party games. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, you can't get your juices on that. Uh, jerk, 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 spurt. Why are you... I don't even... I, I'm so scared. I love my <laughs> life. Speaking of something that you just kind of mentioned during there, you're talking about leather and stuff. Uh, our previous guest, she was trying to promote that we here in Bakersfield are trying to have a screaming, screening, not screaming, screaming, yay, <laughs> uh, a movie called Tom of Finland. Mm. It yes. is about the leather movement of the 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so those tickets are still up for sale. Uh, we have a link to the actual event on our Facebook page and on our FedLife group page. So if you're interested in learning a little bit about the history of leather, please click on the link that's going to be in the podcast description and go purchase a ticket. Do you recall the date offhand? It is going to be, uh, well, before it was, there wasn't a date actually on there. Okay. I believe the date now is supposed to be May 12th. I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah. So, hey, have a date. <laughs> if you care to come see it, I, I am told that it is uh, adult, so do not do not bring children under 18. Right. Uh, because they will not be admitted into it. Also or your bring vanilla some... friends. Or your vanilla, well, unless you want to corrupt your vanilla friends. But tell them that they're going to see a movie that has gay sex and leather and warn them before they come. What did we say at the beginning of the this is not for the dude bros. Uh, for the dude bro listeners, this is nerdy shit. Go, Go away. away. Alright. Just want to toss that out there since you sparked a thought. Now then. Back to the list. Uh, actually, something else. Uh, just something personal I want to share. Oh, no. That happened to me last night. I, had, I hadn't played, had a scene in a while. Mm-hmm. I had a scene for my first time in a long time. It wasn't an intense scene, just a little bit of light flogging. This is a lesson for people. When you're playing with somebody, talk it out, figure out what they want, which I did, and then ask if they know of anything that may happen after they get done with the yes. scene. I didn't realize that that little bit of light flogging that I did, at least from what from what I've done in the past, it was like it was light flogging. It sent her into subspace. And she took two steps off the cross, and she went down. Yeah. Luckily, we had... Shock Doc was actually on as the DM at the moment. He was over there very quickly to assist. So be careful. Be careful with new people that you're playing with. Talk it out. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Just a little FYI. Moving on to the next question. Greedy, what's yeah. a good starter kit for BDSM toys? A good starter kit. Well, Rob, what did you start with? We started with purchasing from the floggers um, some cuffs, a couple of paddles, and I think a crop. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, uh, in certain books, you know, the spread bar was uh, featured. And so there's that. I actually made my own that was relatively easy and cheap. But we started with the paddles, the crops, the... This is the flogger, which the rope flogger, which I learned to put knots and make that a little better. Um, <laughs> uh, but and, and the cuffs and and things like that. Then we got into a little rope and all there. But I think I'd say you know some some floggers. So let's let's start with I'd say paddles and cuffs for, and a spreader bar would probably be your starter kit because you can do mm-hmm. a lot with that combination. So greedy, what was your initial setup? My initial setup was what my mistress already had when I first met her. So she, she had, had it all. She had a lot of stuff. So I, I'm I'm really a bad resource to ask what that uh, what what a good starter kit is. If if I had to tell somebody that was brand new to the lifestyle what they should get, I would say you're probably going to want to get some sort of uh, rope, maybe maybe even just rope cuffs, something very simple to restrain your hands. Possibly a bed bondage kit. That that's always fun with the uh, newly converted Nellas. Um, <laughs> newly converted Nellas. <laughs> a a cheap flogger to see if that's something that you're both into. A cheap paddle, but you know nothing. Not like a, a bouncy board paddle. You know something that's going to stand up to a, a light beating. But at the same time, you don't want to drop several hundred dollars into it when you're just finding out. Is this what I want to do? Is this who I truly am in life. Right, you don't want to drop that money and realize, you know, I'm really not into this. Yeah, yeah. So. Awesome. What was your kit? For me, uh, my initial kit was a pair of handcuffs that I had, uh, that I took when I used to do security. And when I left that job, I just kept them because, hey, I like the idea of handcuffs. Those were free to me. Well, they cost me about a year worth of my time. But (laughs) (laughs) then from there, mostly just Stuff that you have around the house. A spoon. Kinkable. Wooden spoons are great toys. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy a toy until I got my first flogger. In which case, it was at an event back where I used to live. And they said, hey, here, let's give us this amount of money. We'll give you this kit. And there you go. And see, it was opposite for me when you talk about pervertibles that, you know, we had the toys first. And as you get more in the lifestyle and research more and learn more, then you're like, wow, and you find different things that people have used and sometimes that starts to spark imagination and creativity with other things and mm-hmm. and now I find myself walking somewhere looking at someone kind of slapping my hand with it and go oh that's so that, that can work it, yeah the home improvement stores are my adult toy stores now what do you oh, yeah. what do you call it <laughs> uh well there, there's Dom Depot there's uh Kink Mart there's 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 a lot of them Dom Depot is the general go-to. Dom Depot, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got tape and whips and chain. Oh, not whips, rope. Rope. But you can make a whip out of it. This is true. If you have the skills or know somebody with the skills. <clears throat> or if you have YouTube and this, time. Even with YouTube and time, sometimes people just don't have the skills for that. Eh, give it more time. He'll develop it. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. What do you wish you had known when you first got started going to events? For me, I wish I had known... I'm not sure what I wish I knew now. 
because when I first started going to events, it was me and a friend of mine also going for their very first time. And we got lucky where the event we were going to, the hostess, very friendly, very outgoing, very used to dealing with new people. Mm-hmm. That was that was really what her event was for, was for newer people. Okay. So she knew, hey, I'm going to just ease them in. Ease them in. Hmm. I... You wish you knew what CBT was. No, no, actually, I'm, I'm very, very glad that I didn't know what CBT was at the time. Uh, it made for a far more interesting and unexpected scene, first scene. Um, I wish, I wish I'd known that the people that I was getting involved with would be, would become such a, a wonderful part of my life. I've met so many people that are really themselves around me, and I haven't. I, there, there are very few people in this group, in any of the groups around us that I've met, that are two-faced. That are, you know, one way to you, one way to somebody else. They're, they're actually themselves, and they don't give a shit who thinks any less of them for it. I'm, I'm constantly blown away by that. You know, that makes me think. I wish I had known that it was more easy to speak up and say, hey, I want to learn this. Mm. Yes, I'll agree with that. Because when you go there, you see the quote-unquote big dog in the room that knows everything about this or everything about that. you kind of like, I'm not sure if I can talk to them. I wonder if the FET name Grandmaster Uberdom has been taken. <laughs> <laughs> what was your initial FET name? Was it always? It's always it's always been greedy. Always been greedy. Mm-hmm. And you, Rob? Mine's always Rob. Um, and, and I know we talked earlier that I know I've been thinking of something different. Um, not that the name isn't okay, but and I see people changing the name, and I don't know. I just to myself, there's just nothing that pops out that really would says me that I need to change my name to that. Right, and it's nothing but, that you uh, have to force yourself to do. No. Yeah. But, and as far as, too, like, things I wish I'd known. And I guess you kind of goes a long way. And, you know, my wife and I sit back and think, oh, let's call it two years. I know we're not that quite far along. But and how we've changed. But I say initially, I guess, when we really look back, because we started talking about coming to events or going places, and we hesitated and we hesitated. And so I really wish I'd known how simple and easy it is and and just like any other group you may not mesh with everybody but there's going to be people you mesh with mm-hmm. and to find out you know come on and say hey you know even if you don't let me like a few things let's see you don't even know what's all out there and you're like hey I think I'd like to learn about there's somebody there that enjoys that too <laughs> you know and I think that's part of the, the fear is you think oh my gosh am I the only person in the world who likes this or wants to try this and find out no everybody in the whole club likes that you know or something you're so you're just not alone and even if it's not everybody in the whole club, somebody knows somebody else that is. And it's like, yeah. I'm not into that, but I know a group of people or a few people even yeah. that can help you along with that. And I think, too, that you're still worried about being looked at differently. Like, oh, my gosh, you like that? Are you sick? <laughs> you know, and just here, it, it may not be your kink, but I, I've never experienced any kink shaming or seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. but Only in jokes. Yeah, I mean, but... 
I mean, we have, and especially in this group, we have so many different people with so many different lifestyles that we can all sit in the same room together and it's not an issue. Right. That is a wonderful thing. Let's move to the next one. What do you wish you had known before you started your first kinky or BDSM relationship? For me, I wish I knew that poly was a thing. <laughs> okay. Why, why do you say that? Because that first relationship I was in, I was thinking, okay, I have to be everything for this person. And it really, when I saw how there were more poly people in the lifestyle and how they interacted with others, like, oh, hey, but you're with that person. Why are you going with that person as well? Well, because my first person doesn't like this, but my second person does. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got thrust into that world right off because my mistress, she's married, and her husband at the time had two submissives, and she didn't have any, but suddenly I was part of her life, and now she had one, he had two, they were still married, and yeah, Polly, Polly, it, it, it seemed right from day one for me. Um, I'm very glad that I was introduced to it then and in the way that I was. As far as anything else that I wish I had known before I got involved, I'm I'm honestly happy that I didn't know all the stuff that I've come come to know since I got involved with her, because if I had, I think it might have taken away from the uh, the relationship that we built. The experience. Mm -hmm. What about yourself, Rob? Hmm. Uh, looking at it, I don't know. There's there's times when you when you really get into something that's throwing all say flogging and you. You study and you get a decent flogger in your practice and then you think, man, I've kind of got this. And then sometimes you're like, I don't know shit about this. <laughs> you know, that's, it kind of goes up and down like that where, and I think one thing is you just, there's always something to learn. There's always someone to learn from, you know, and you can always do things better. Something else that I just thought, I wish I'd known that not everybody wants to reach that pinnacle of, I can take all the pain because <laughs> as a dominant, I'm thinking, shit, well, that means I got to build up muscles and, you know, be able to knock them halfway across the street with a single swing. Yeah. Well, that sounds like those people who say, like, no, I don't have any limits. Oh, and then you go, well, oh, Jesus. Let's cut off your arm. Oh, wait, stop. All right, so you do have some limits. So let's, let's touch on that real quick. People with no limits. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. I believe that comes up in a later question. Yeah, it does. Right. It does. So let's move on to the next thing. Do I have to dress like a biker to be considered a real dom? Yes, you absolutely <laughs> do. Do not I listen to, to greedy. If you're not decked out in leather, um, as as is uh, commonly the joke, assless chaps, because chaps are assless. <laughs> if you're not decked out in leather and boots and looking the part, then you are fucking not a dominant. If you can't be considered like you are part of the village people, you're not part. You're not really dom. I want to be the Indian. <laughs> the biker from the village people. You didn't specify. <laughs> and if your chaps haven't asked, then that's pants. Yeah, yeah, that, that is pants. <laughs> and don't forget, you can be a dom just by finding things out online and then messaging people and saying them, "You are not my submissive." Mm -hmm. And don't <sighs> be don't be what we refer to as a dom ass. Okay, don't don't go around thinking that. I have claimed the title of Dom, so I know everything. I cannot let anyone think that anything else is the truth. 
Doms are always learning. Yes. A real Dom is always going to take the opportunity to learn something. Even if they know something that they've done a thousand mm-hmm. times, if somebody shows them something new to this, they're generally going to be like, hey, I need to learn that too. A, a, a Dom, in my opinion, a real Dom is always going to be improving their craft. They're always going to try and make their life and the life of their submissive submissives better. The the definition I've heard I think is the best between them is everyone thinks the Dom has the power, but it's the sub. And essentially, the sub draws the picture, the outlines of the picture, and the Dom colors inside. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that is very well put. I wish I could say I thought of that, but it's... Uh... <laughs> it's okay to admit that, some, that you're getting ideas from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to claim them as your own. This is true. Next question. Do I have to submit to any top to be considered a real submissive? <laughs> oh, uh, there was years ago we were at a, uh, well, this is this is three dungeons ago. Um, the, the Bakersfield facility has moved several times since I have been part of it. The first one I went to, there was a dominant that went, and this is, this is a story that I'm telling after having heard it. I wasn't there personally. But there was a dominant there. Was this the guy at the front door? Yes. Okay. This is the guy at the front door. My my mistress, she worked her ass off to make that, that place what it was, as did a lot of other people. And then a, quote, air quotes, dom so came a in. A dom ass. came in and hadn't hadn't put forth any effort, hadn't provided any funding for what, what they had done, hadn't done a thing to help. He stood at the door and demanded that all of the submissives and all of the women, whether they're submissive or not, exit the building and then kneel before him before they could enter again. I'm thinking it is Superman, kneel before Zod. Oh, God. Well, long story short, my mistress told him to fuck off. And she was right to do so. He hadn't earned her submission, and there's, there's absolutely no rule at least not in our group, that says every submissive has to kneel before every dominant. Until, it, it, in my opinion, until the dom has earned your trust, has earned your submission, they don't deserve to have you kneel before them. I don't want just any person to kneel for me. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, hey, we're going to talk this out. We're going to see if we fit first. And then, after you've talked to me, I've talked to you, and you feel like I'm not going to harm you in some way, and you feel like you want to, then you may kneel before me if you choose to. Mm-hmm. Anything for you, Rob? Well, I mean, I concur. It's just, you know, and it's one of those people, again, who walk in, that they're Dom God, and everybody owes them something or needs to listen to them. And, and it's funny because in a lot of places, you know, like if a, if a guy walked in, if a vanilla guy walked into, you know, a Starbucks and said, ladies, I'm your gift, you know, kneel down, whatever. Now you're not all my girlfriends. You know, they laugh in his face. Then they went, you know. As they should. Yeah. Unless, of course, that was Chris Hemsworth. Then they might actually do it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few other people on that list, but. Well, no, it depends know. because Chris Hemsworth, he's somebody that is already known. We're talking about a completely unknown yeah. person. Like Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> I think they know who he is, too. Uh, nobody cares. Anyway, wow. <laughs> but it's funny bringing up the celebrities because you know you meet people go, oh, I never have a threesome. 
and let's say you know there's two celebrities, we'll just say, uh, we'll, we'll put Leonardo and Hemsworth there. And they let a person, oh, well, what if Leonardo and Hemsworth were hanging out in a bar and you walked up and they said, hey, let's go. Oh, yeah, I'd totally be up for that. So, okay, so you're right with the threesome. It's the company you're particular about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to have him on more. Ron, we haven't finished the show yet. But <laughs> yeah, we have to wait to see how he enjoyed it. <laughs> should, we, should we go with this next question? Yes. Greedy, does this look inflamed to you? There's a difference between inflamed and engorged. Does it look engorged to you? Uh, listener land, you don't want to know what Awesome is holding up right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? <laughs> no, no. Damn it. Is this uh, the give me back for all the intros? It is. It is. Um, so the question is, does this look inflamed to you? Uh, <laughs> Shock Doc, thank you for that one. <laughs> I don't know if this is a serious question or if it this is, is not. just a joke. <laughs> he, he, to, he told me up front that it was a joke one day. He kind of snuck in there to see if we would notice. Yeah, well, we noticed. Yes. So so to answer the question, no, it does not look inflamed. No, it does not. So that means engorged, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Rob is paying attention. People pay attention to us? No. Uh, and the last of Shock Doc questions. I can't take a lot of pain. Does that mean I'm not really submissive? I think that just means you're not a pain slut. This is true because there are submissives that serve in other ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my best friends in uh, the Fresno community is a service submissive. And real quick, what is a service submissive for the listeners? A ser- service submissive is somebody that's not necessarily into pain. As a matter of fact, he's visibly shaken and turned off by it. His, his kink is serving tea or... Uh, kneeling or doing cleaning or things that things that make other people feel happy. You don't have to be somebody that's into whips and chains and ball gags to be a submissive. It's it's all a matter of what's right for you. There is no defined box that you have to be inside to be called a submissive. And the only people that really really push that agenda are the dumbasses out there that we don't want anyway. This is very true. And with that, I think that was the last of Shock's questions. Rob, do you have any questions? Anything that's on your mind? Um, well, we did share, you know, and we brought up the toys earlier. Um, and something that has is, is kind of been passionate uh, for me a little bit lately just um, is making my own toys. There are some companies out there, and, and JW Paddles is one, make some amazing toys worth every penny. JW is local to the Bakersfield area. Mm-hmm. And... I know there's a store in Vegas that my wife and I have gone to. I think we spent like 160 on a flogger, worth every penny. You know, it's it's amazing work. You remember um, the name of said store? I do. It's Lady C's Leather um, on mm. Sahara. Okay. But sometimes too, and I look at, I know when we were getting into it, and I said, okay, what's a spreader bar? And it's just a stick with two eyelet screws on the end, so you could hook something into it. And I'm like, hello, uh, let's go down to the hardware store and a dowel rod for four bucks and two dollars worth of, <laughs> you know, screws. And they cut it down. And at that moment, it doesn't look pretty, but it works just as well. And oh, it yeah. cost me six bucks. And with the leftover piece that we had on there, two more eyelet screws, you now have a shortened one for you can either use a, a, a shorter spreader bar or you can use put one on the feet, one on the hands. It does the exact same job 
and you can paint it, you can wrap it with rope, you can do whatever you want to to pretty it up, mm -hmm. but it works just as well. And with some basic tools, all you need was a saw. And half the time with those kind of stores, you can grab a saw off the shelf and cut it yourself right there in the store. Yeah. Another thing that you might use a short piece for, get some Plasti Dip, dip it into it. You've got a rubber handle on one side now. Round over the, the other edge just a little bit, you've got a dowel. Yeah. There you go. Cane. <laughs> you know, and that's where I think when we got into some toys, we talked to, you know, earlier about, like, the first flogger we had was the rope flogger. And um, and now we've graduated things, and I've, and I've started making some of my own stuff. And I'm, it's a mix. Like, I've made some floggers that I pat myself on the back. They're pretty darn good. My wife ends up usually being the test bunny for most of my stuff initially. <laughs> I think she's okay with that. You know, and Maybe. sometimes she's a little worried because she's like, what is that? Uh, okay, but... <laughs> But I think part of it too, for myself, mm -hmm. it's it's a way to be creative. It's kind of like uh, that downtime where you know some people like reading, some people do other things, and yeah, I go to the gym. But this is also this is a way for me to be creative. It's something fun. A lot of times, it's a challenge where I see something, say, can I recreate that and do it well and have it work? Um, and other times too, you can you're you're making it. You can customize it to whatever colors or size or that you want. Yes. And so I, I think in some of the floggers I just made, I, 10 bucks worth of material. You could sell it for 100 <laughs> Well, I don't think it's probably 30 or 40 but yeah, but some of these, you know, when I'm looking at a spreader bar being 40 50 bucks, and I made it for six. Mm -hmm. that's, you know, a, that's what's called profit. <laughs> yeah. I, and just, you know, it was fun. It was quick. It was easy. You know, and there's a little bit of self-pride in there. And again, if you're working with somebody, you know, your submissive maybe has a certain color and you like, you can paint and color these things, you know, saving money by making it yourself, that just gives you more money to spend on other things. Yeah. Like trips to events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, I think Dollar Tree is a great place. <laughs> you talk about pervertibles. Oh, yeah. That, that actually makes for really good uh, private parties. Like, with, with our group, it's it's been a while since we did this. I think we need to do it again. We have uh, dollar store nights where the task is you go to the dollar store with a $20 bill and spend that $20 bill on things that you can make kinky. And you don't want to do something, you know, as, as obvious as a wooden spoon and a piece of rope, you know. You, you want to you wanna get creative with it. You want to do, like, uh, take a, a mop and combine it with some saran wrap, and suddenly you've got a, a thuddy impact thing that, that it looks absolutely oddball, but it's it will effective. Yeah. Well, and I just made something like that. Now, granted, my wife told me that uh, with some of my toys, she's like, don't bring those to a dungeon because people are going to laugh at you. But they work. And one of them was, I was at Dollar Tree and they had some bamboo back scratchers. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and I bought two. And then what I ended up doing was, well, and of course, in my case, I've got shit, shit loads of dowel rod in my garage now. So I uh, cut some of that up and I figured out a way to screw the two back scratchers to a piece and that to a dowel rod. So now I've got um, a double back scratcher, which can actually really scratch your back or could, you know, leave a nice thing for you. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't look pretty, but it works. Um, the look isn't the look doesn't matter when it's just you and your submissive. Yeah, the look only matters if you're trying to show off to the yeah. rest of us. Well, I, I say I say bring your creations and be proud of them because right. other people are going to see it. And if you have if you have the wealth of knowledge that we have here, you're probably going to have somebody say, "Oh my God, I love that idea." 
right, how about we how about we do this to improve on it? You know, so you could you could theoretically invent brand new toys by bringing that thing, which you you were very happy with the effect of, but may not look incredibly presentable. Yeah. As we were saying before, J and W, if they see it, they're like, "That's really good. Maybe you can help us, so we can make one, but make it look a little bit prettier." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't even tried with like any wood paddles like that. I must leave that to those guys. Well, no, but I'm just but, saying yeah. toys in general. But yeah. like another thing, I made um, we had redone one of other floor, one of the rooms in our houses, and with laminate flooring, and I had to cut some up for smaller areas, and I was like slapping against my hand, like, "Damn, it's kind of stingy." So I took a dowel rod, cut a little slit in the middle, screwed it in, and now I've got a nice little slapper. And it literally cost me, I think, $5. I mean, I wouldn't have gone out and bought a whole box of laminate just to make this one, but it was already there, which is something around my house. Yeah. You know, I had maybe a dollar's worth of dowel rod, a couple bucks for the fancy little screws. And you were good to go. Yeah, I mean, and it, I, I've had people use it and. uh it works wonderfully. I mean, again, I, my envision, I'm, I would hope that if I brought these to a dungeon, people might laugh at first, but when they see the effect it's having, then all of a sudden, like, well, hell, mm-hmm. you know. Why not? Exactly. Real quick, I just want to break in here. From our last podcast, uh, well, after that, uh, the post in our Fet, Fet Life group, we had somebody that said, yay, keeps on coming. We have a fan in Iowa, of all places. Iowa? Yeah. Nikki B, 112, thank you for listening. Ah, uh, <laughs> I know Nikki. You know Nikki? <laughs> I've known Nikki B since I was a tot. <laughs> since you were a tot? Yes. Wow. I, I, I freaking love that girl. She's she's awesome. Says she's our biggest fan from Iowa. I would agree with that. I think uh, it's a safe assumption. All right. Please spread the word in Iowa. <laughs> Give us more fans. Is there a big kink community in Iowa? I didn't think there was a big kink community in Bakersfield. I would be astonished if there wasn't at least this size kink community somewhere in Iowa. Somewhere. Yeah. In in her particular city, I kind of doubt it. But yeah. I've been wrong before. That's where you go to FedLife and you sit, look for what's in my area. <laughs> for all we know, the elder board at her church is all... <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we know that they are. Uh, <laughs> I was known for corn. I just can't help start to wonder how much that affects into the uh, kink. Mm-hmm. Well, the Iowa, Iowa's corn, they, they've they uh, produced at least one uh, multinational rock band, uh, Slipknot. They came out of Iowa. Um, I was not aware of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their first album was titled Iowa. I don't really... I wasn't getting yeah, into Slipknot know, at you're, that point. You're, you're not in I know. It's well, cool. I like some of their stuff, just, you know. But, yeah, the, it's always it's always the little places that you don't think about that are the ones that are going to surprise you the most. Well, I'm always shocked when I go on that Antarctica has an amazing kink group. <laughs> and it's funny because supposedly 200 people live there, mostly scientists, but they all seem to be on FET. Well, you know, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there and increase the kink population by one. You were the only person that would survive there, actually. <laughs> Dude, I would go out in my skivvies, lay down on a lawn chair, and soak up the darkness with the 400-mile-an-hour wind that drops the, uh, the, the temperature to an effective negative 90, and I'd be finally comfortable. As you have now all learned, Greedy is a polar bear. 
hidden in a human suit. Girl. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Is that what you're gonna do now? Is that your new phrase? Girl. No, it, it, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, I saw. saw you you a don't want to be a bear. Recently, no, I saw a license plate recently that uh, takes that away. Um, I, I'm not going to reveal what state this was. It was M4 M4 Bear. M4 M4 Bear? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the Mama. 40-some-year-old woman driving Mama bear. was going for Mama Bear. But in, in, the, world, in the world of uh, personals ads, Mail that four. does not mean Mama <laughs> Bear. Man for man for bear... Maybe she borrowed the car from someone. Oh, oh God! I, 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 uh, oh, I, I couldn't help but going, wonder. I was getting some strange looks when I bought your car driving around. <laughs> just driving around everywhere, and suddenly all these young men just kept looking to me. They looked very disappointed when they actually saw me in the car. And I don't know why. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I wonder if she's a listener. <laughs> Or the owner of the car is. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get a message. That's my car. Sweet. Send me pics or it didn't happen. Oh, anyway. I'm thinking we probably reached the, the end. I think so. I think so. This this feels about natural, yeah. Does it? Mm-hmm. So, so. How, how did you enjoy? Well, I had, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I have to say, you know, we, I was here at the, the Not A Lot earlier. Uh, had some fun and thought about it. You know, one more kink would be pulling Mr. Awesome's rope. God damn it. Is this something I need to know about? Quite possibly. For, for the explanation to that, to, earlier today I was tying up Rob's wife and I have a hundred foot rope and it takes a lot of time to pull that through. <laughs> So Rob offered to assist with pulling of the said rope. <laughs> so Captain Mr. Austin awesome has a long rope. <laughs> he needed some help pulling it. I was there. I had a free hand. The wife was tied up. <laughs> uh, Brady, are you okay? I have this wonderful mental image now. <laughs> I had never participated in anything like that before, but I'm kind of all right with it. Never participated in pulling another man's rope? No, I have not. Well, now you have. And after the experience, I don't know if I could do another, man, but you, Captain Awesome, you call me. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that I could uh, give you that experience. Rope. What? Let him pull your rope. I could provide the rope for you to pull. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound any better. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, Greedy, final thoughts? I, I, I very much enjoy the... Uh, Stuffed mushrooms I made before tonight's episode. They're, they're yummy. Final thoughts from you, Rob. I enjoyed being here, and thanks for having me. Thanks Probably a bad happy. choice on your guys' part, but I <laughs> had a good time. This I, will... know. I I think I think we'll have to let, let listener land decide whether yeah. or not Rob comes back. That's true, and then they're going to have to have a contest. Who, who did they like more, Shock or Rob? Oh, don't do that. Don't oh, do that. No. No, that's <laughs> a bad idea. That is a... No, what will happen is we're going to get voted out, and they're going to have the podcast... <laughs> You're gonna get voted out. I'm the one. I'm the one opposing this. You're advocating. Anyway. Oh. And final thoughts from me. I enjoyed it. Thank you for coming. Uh, more than welcome to come back and join us once more. I got nothing else. 
don't break your toys, people. You want them. <laughs> Domassism is not okay. This is true. This is very true. And the fuck you count is two for Captain Awesome <laughs> and one for... <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, the other counts 14. Well, less than last time. Far less. Way to go. All right. And with that, we are out. Peace!